Ernest, what's up? Y'all know I'm big on doing your research, sharing your research, and giving credit to where you found the research. But I always get asked the same question. Where do I start with the research? And the answer is easy. It's our sponsor, Yahoo Finance. Whether I'm tracking the daily movement of my favorite companies, doing technical analysis with their easy-to-use charting platform, or checking balance sheets, Yahoo Finance makes something very complex simplified. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or you're looking for extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. You could actually securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors. And it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You heard me, yahoofinance.com. Don't wait, don't hesitate. I use it. You should go over there and start using it now. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Yo, make no mistake. I started out just like many of you, a nine to five worker at your school right behind me. This is where it all started for me, but I learned skills over the years. And I want you to learn some too. I want you to learn how to become financially free. I want you to set a legacy for your family. I want you to build generational wealth. You can do all that and more. Check out InvestFest. Swipe up. Ernest, what's going on? Traditional universities are outdated and don't teach you how to become an entrepreneur. They just teach you how to become an employee. You go to school for four years and you leave with nothing but debt. But here at EYL University, our curriculum is much different. Our university teaches you real world skills that you can use to gain financial freedom right away. In traditional universities, you learn from professors that have never did what they teach and they teach you how to become an employee. At our university, we use instructors that are currently successful in a specific field that they teach and they teach you how to become an entrepreneur. For a limited time only, you can join EYL University for 25% off of the annual membership. Learn about stock credit, real estate, crypto, and more. Go to EYLUniversity.com right now and sign up to become an earner. My graduates from my school being Forbes. Backdrop. Backdrop. <laughs> a mic drop. Backdrop. Backdrop.
Yep, yep. Check. Check. Rolling. Uh, All right. All right. You ready? Yes, sir. Is y'all? Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's do it. Big dog, you ready? For sure, for sure. Yes, sir. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, guys, welcome back. EYL, this is going to be an exciting episode. Uh, we enter in the world of golf. Whew. For the first time ever. It's been a while since we have even touched not, a golf course. Not, <laughs> not miniature golf, real golf. Real golf, the real yeah. thing, real thing. So, and I, team. <laughs> Olajuwon Ajanaku, yes, said it correctly? Ajanaku, yes. Ajanaku. Playing shotty. And Earl Cooper. So this is a very interesting story. Entrepreneurs, and they have a company called Eastside Golf where they make golf apparel. They both have roots in golf. Uh, Olajuwon was actually a professional golfer. And I just found out that Earl is one of the best golf coaches. That's a fact. In the nation. So this is an interesting story. How it came about was uh, face-to-face, hand-to-hand combo. Um, (laughs) We was in Atlanta a few months ago. It's a fact. And um, I was in a hotel lobby. And uh, Earl uh, ran up on me. And they started a conversation. And he was telling me about his business. And, you know, people come up to me all the time. And it's like, all right. But this was something that really caught my attention because he showed me that they were actually having a collaboration with Jordan brand. Yeah. So <clears throat> they were taking like retro Jordans and turning them into um, golf shoes. Cleats, yeah, yeah. So, and I'm like, that's your, your company? And he's like, <laughs> yeah. He showed me like the news articles and all of that, like right on the yeah. spot. He's very prepared. So I'm like, all right, I gave my number. I'm like, let's connect. So um, I, this is how it got related to me. Yo, there's a golf company. They signed with Jordan brand. I said, Jordan brand? Oh, let's, let's speak to him. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we connected the dots, and they were in New York. Um, so we made it happen a few yeah. months later. A lot of pressure, too. Like, when we were in Atlanta, they ran up on you. But then, like, there was a bunch of people who – I think y'all were doing something yeah, out there. Yeah, my family. So we, um, we were doing actually like a, a unveiling the shoe amongst ah. our family. So it was like a family and friends thing where we kind of just, just filming a bunch of content. Yeah, we walked in the lobby one night and it's like, it's like there's these guys you got to meet. They're doing something great in golf. I'm like, it's three in the morning. <laughs> like, <laughs> all right, what's the Instagram? <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah, but uh, so yeah, that's a dope story, man. You never know. Like I said, uh, that was something that he had enough courage to just run up on me and he was prepared. So there's a couple different lessons in that. And uh, I like the product. I looked at it, and um, here we are now. So first and foremost, thank you guys for joining us. Appreciate it. Sure, man. Thank Thanks for having us. us. Welcome, yeah, welcome, welcome, sure. welcome, welcome. Sure. And, and I do want to add because like it was that moment where I was like, I seen them, and then I was like, do I say something? <laughs> I walked by them actually, and I was like, you know what? Nah, forget that. I'm turning around. And like I said, we're in a bonus. So, but yeah, thanks for having us for sure, for sure. Nah, for sure. So let's get into it. All right. So Eastside Golf, we're gonna talk about where you guys are now, working with Jordan Brand and blowing up and all that, but. How did it start? It's interesting. I believe you're from Delaware. Yeah. And you're from Atlanta. Right? East side Atlanta. East yeah, yeah, yeah. Atlanta. <laughs> Zone six. Zone six. Zone six. So golf is not a sport that black people traditionally play. Um, you know, obviously there's Tiger Woods, but that's kind of like an anomaly. That's not like the norm, mm-hmm. right? Basketball, sure. football, especially coming from urban environments, Atlanta, uh, you know, Wilmington, Delaware, stuff like that. I'm pretty sure that, that golf wasn't an extremely popular sport. So how did you guys start playing golf as you know young men young adults yeah um honestly i so i grew up in east atlanta and i started playing golf when i was six years old friend of the family introduced me to the game i uh, i grew up with his sons playing playing golf and uh we all end up getting golf scholarships to go to school so one went to southern university 
golf scholarship, Talladega College golf scholarship, and I went to Morehouse with a golf scholarship. So we were all on the same high school team, but we just grew up in Atlanta, you know, playing junior events and then playing against each other in college. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I mean, yeah. What, what, was what, what was that like, though? Because, I mean, golf is not the – it's one of those expensive sports to play. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, it's a solo sport, but it's expensive to play. So what was that – like growing up and having to pay for equipment and then walking around with the stigma like you're the guy in the hood that's playing yeah. golf while everybody's playing football basketball maybe some baseball players what was that like growing up for sure um no it was it was different <laughs> i mean i would say because i played basketball just as much as i played golf and um i mean i played basketball even in high school but growing up it was expensive yeah, it was, but I ended up joining a program called uh, Camp Best Friends and then later became uh, called the First Tee of Atlanta, the First Tee program. Uh, they supplied me with, like, free golf clubs, mm. you know, here and there. Um, also, donations were given as far as golf balls, golf clothes, uh, things that we could use just to um, help us out, you know, with uh, with with being prepared when we go to golf tournaments and just coming to the golf course, period, mm -hmm. you know, like – there were plenty of times I went to Goodwill, you know what I'm saying, just to find golf clubs. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, I mean, I used to take the Marta with my golf clubs, you know what I'm saying? And you used to ride the Marta through yeah, the hood. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, with my golf clubs straight up to the golf course. And, yeah. you know, definitely got looked at crazy, you know, and but I already knew what the goal was, you know, and I wanted golf to be something that I use for the rest of my life. You know, it, it got to a point even in high school had to make a decision in between golf and basketball. You know what I'm saying? That's just how much it meant to me. But growing up in it, I would say the best part of it was learning from the people at the golf course. Mm. You know what I'm saying? The type of crowd that's out there is usually like entrepreneurs, doctors, lawyers, uh, people that just have things going on. And, I mean, you start a conversation with a guy, instead of asking him for, you know, go out with him for coffee or for a drink or just – to chill for a set, to talk. I mean, you got five hours with the guy out on the golf course. Now you can, you know, talk about what you want to do with your life, what you want to do in your career. I mean, and on top of that, you outside. Like, it's it's just a way to build that uh, camaraderie, that relationship, mm -hmm. and, uh, and learn how to build that relationship. Uh, well, you get relationship building skills from just being in golf. Mm. It, it definitely did help me growing up. Yeah, I think that that's something that people don't fully appreciate, especially, like, um, you know, poor working class, middle class people uh, where you are trained to go to school and then work. And it's like you work at a job all day. And when I started to become around wealthy people and I realized that they were spending like eight hours a day, three days a week on the golf course because it wasn't so much about working. It was about networking and building relationships. Mm -hmm. And they say like the barbershop is like the black man's golf course. It's really not wow. country club. It's really not. Mm -hmm. It's a barbershop. Mm -hmm. No disrespect. But it's, a yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's a barbershop. Yeah, yeah. But I get it. The, com the conversations that's happening, because I don't think people understand, especially like, you know, you go to a high-end golf course, you could be paying $120,000 a year for your yeah. for your annual membership. Yeah, membership fees, yeah. Like $50,000 a year, $60,000 a year for your annual. So if you're paying $100,000 a year to use the golf course in New York four months out the year, five months out of the year, you're obviously extremely wealthy, right? right. So mm -hmm. now it's like, if you have six hours to just spend time with people, you're naturally gonna build a relationship, right? Mm -hmm. So can you really break that down and really, cause like I said, I don't think, if you haven't been in that world, 
it's hard for you to fully understand why people say that golfing is like the perfect networking tool and why a lot of deals are done on the golf course. So can you kind of like just break that down a little bit? Yeah. Um, I would say so just to just to uh, go off of what you just said about a hundred thousand uh, dollar membership fee. Imagine the type of people that have that membership. You know what I'm saying? Now right, you're right, going right. out there and these are the people that you're networking with. These are the people that are in your circle that uh, that move that that have things move in the city or just move around the country, period. You never know what uh, what business they own. You know what I'm saying? What they're invested in, or maybe you could actually work with them mm-hmm. at some point in time. But breaking it down all the way, I mean, uh, let's say you, like I said, you want to go out for coffee. This is a time where you you take you, you want to go with your, let's say, uh, uh, person that you look up to or friends, and you just want to network, you know, for an hour and just talk roundtable discussion. Instead of doing that, if you pick up golf. Now it's those people in those higher positions, they will take that four hours and go play golf with you instead of taking an hour out of their day and just going to get coffee. I mean, you're actually doing something that they want to do. And on top of that, um, golf relates to business a lot. I mean, when you really look at it, you have to be patient, hardworking. uh, I would say perseverance, honesty, all of these things are in golf. But if you don't do these things in golf and you're playing golf with somebody that you want to do business with, and let's say you're not resembling those those morals, those those adjectives or whatever you want to call them about yourself, mm-hmm. uh, they're going to notice and not even want to do business with you. You know, I mean, let's say you cheat or something while you're on a golf course. Take heed to that. They don't think you're going to do the same thing in business, you know. So it's like just the same way a person plays golf. You might get really, really upset. You might not want that in your business. Same way they might look at you in, in business. Golf and business just go hand in hand. So, I mean, that's just the way that I kind of look at it. If you, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So, before we get into the company, Earl, how did you get your start in golf? Um, inner City Youth Golf Program. Uh, my dad just seen a flyer. Just signed me up. Uh, <laughs> just signed me and my sister up. And uh, kind of, you know, similar to what y'all were hitting on early on, like just being out on the golf course, being the only one. You know, it was definitely, like, I tell people all the time, like, I was good at it, but it was still kind of one of those things, like, where are all my friends? Like, where everybody, you know, when you're when you're young, especially playing, like, sports, you're just really out there for the social aspect. Like, you don't think about, oh, making millions of dollars or whatever, what it could do for you, unlock the potential. But uh, I end up winning this tournament called the Golf Channel Drive, Chip, and Putt, which is, like, the equivalent of kick, putt, and pass, essentially. Oh, like the NFL there. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Yep, so I ended up winning that, and a free trip to Disney World. I was on TV, and I'll never forget, I was, like, 13. And I'm like, man, if every golf tournament is like this, I'm ready to practice. Because, like, <laughs> before then, it was just, like, you know, it was kind of just golf. Who wants to do that kind of thing? And then that's when I kind of just embraced it. And then from there, uh, God was fortunate enough to get a scholarship to Morehouse College, and um but it was definitely interesting path as you guys were mentioning earlier just like walking with golf clubs you know what i mean like that's just not normal still even today like if you saw a kid or a girl a young man or boy walking with golf clubs you be like yo are they lost like is there a golf course around here right. and so it was just kind of one of those things where so my pops end up actually like we end up moving to a house that was like on the golf course and he ended up like cutting um a hole in the fence <laughs> So I didn't have to like climb it anymore. And uh, that definitely was a benefit, you know, my journey as far as like just getting into the game and then just kind of normalizing. And I think that's kind of where we are right now. Like a lot of every decisions that we make when we think about the company, just kind of think about like 
what did we wish that we had you know what i mean when we were growing up like mm-hmm. giving them that example like being that like stuff that you can wear on and off the golf course you know what i mean that's so important because a lot of times it's just like it's golf and it's just kind of put in a box and then you got to kind of fight those stereotypes moving forward um and then like you said earlier when it just comes to business it's just one of those things where it's a sport where like it's just you and so it's kind of like that you got to go get it like you and you can't blame anybody else like there's no reason like to push off on anybody else it's all up to you you put the work in you get all the results but it's similar to like entrepreneurship i would say kind of in in that way and i feel like that's why a lot of great people in other sports are attracted to golf because it's like if you play football you can blame it on your lineman you know mj he could you know damn scotty ain't giving me the ball back or whatever you know whatever the situation may be it's just kind of like all on you and most people that you know if you've been playing team sports your whole life you like that individualism i guess when it comes to golf you now you said something good about normalizing it and elijah i'm, I'm coming to you because i read this story man i'd love for you to elaborate on it where you talked about how Instead of having basketball and gambling on dice, the guys are gambling on your putts. Yeah. Let's let's talk about that, man. In <laughs> East Atlanta, first of all, where are we playing and how are we gambling on putts? What was talk talk about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so I played at a couple of courses. Uh one was called Sugar Creek Golf Course. It's off Boulder Crest Road. I'm not sure if you're a Gucci man, yell out Boulder Crest, you know. <laughs> but it's right off Boulder Crest. Um another place that I played, Doctor J used to own it. It was called uh Heritage Links. Um, and that was in Georgia as well, but uh, there's a them, there's a golf course in uh, Kirkwood that uh, we stayed in an Airbnb in Kirkwood, and it was yep. honestly the neighborhood's getting real gentrified, and it was a really nice East Airbnb. Lake. I forgot, but Probably it was, was East Lake. It yeah. was like like one block down on the same street. It was a, a, a golf course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's East Lake. East Lake. Yeah, yeah for yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, but so. Usually how it went, I mean, you would end up playing 18 holes. You know what I'm saying? There's gambling involved, but the real gambling, I would say, in my younger days, came when you got to the clubhouse. Mm-hmm. So you get in the clubhouse, everybody drinking. They got a, a like a little cognac glass. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they put it down, and when they put it down, it's open on this side. So now you're putting into the glass, and let's say somebody comes out, throw a 1,000 on the ground. We're like, all right, it's 20 feet. What's up? You got a 1,000 on it? You get two tries? You know, you miss. That's a thousand. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it got to a point I used to literally make my lunch money. You know what I'm saying? From these putts. They would, you know, we betting two grand, we betting 500. Yeah. They give me half. You know what I'm saying? And these are the guys that I grew up around. I mean, you know, some of them weren't entrepreneurs. They were entrepreneurs in their own way. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. And they was, you know, always took care of them, them, themselves and their family in their own way. Yeah. But when it came to golf, I mean, they enjoyed the sport. They saw where you can build camaraderie and you and you can build those relationships and, and it not be strenuous or feel some type of way while you're doing it. But while we was in there, you know, everybody just betting. It's a full crowd, 30 people. You putting, <laughs> it's 20 feet. Putting inside the glass, you make it. I mean, sometimes a lot of times you hit the glass. I mean, that's it. It's almost been fist fights. You know what I'm saying? Because it hit the back of the glass and come out. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah. what I'm saying? But it's, I mean, damn near it's like dice. You know what I'm saying? You just got to be prepared for anything. And on top of that, too, I mean, you better you better be practicing. That's a you fact. You know what I'm saying? That's a fact. if you're not, yeah, you're going to get got. So how did you guys um, start this company? How did your, your love for golf and the sport turn to become an entrepreneurs? Yeah, so I was uh, 
So I was living. So first off, I graduated from college. You know, me and went from Morehouse. Together. Yeah, both mm-hmm. went to Morehouse. Yeah, we both went to Morehouse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. we won the national championship too, mm-hmm. twenty ten. Don't let that go over your head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What division? D two. D two. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So graduated from college. My major was accounting, minor in finance. Um, I did professional golf for two years and won a couple of mini tour event events. So I got professional wins. And uh, but I was hustling, you know what I'm saying? I was washing carts. I was uh, doing a little mini job at a bookstore, you know, caddy and anything I could do. It got to the point I just could not afford it anymore. I mean, it cost maybe 100 to 150 grand a year just to support yourself to play golf. What are some of the costs? Um, let's see, uh, entry fees in the tournaments, my caddy fee, let's say I want to pay my coach, mm-hmm. um, uh, travel, airfare for you and your caddy, food, if something breaks, your car, yeah. I mean, everything, your apartment, lease, you mean, so, well, everything. What, so that's interesting, because I, I, I never, I'm always wondered, but like, what does it cost to get into a, a tournament, like a PGA tournament? Is there a, a minimum that you have to put up, or is it, does it just depend on the course itself? So, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, so like, for the PGA Tour, it's a little bit different. So there is an entry fee, but it's kind of small. But when you, with the, what he's talking about is like mini tours. Okay. So basically like a lower level, like a G League, like if you're trying to like overseas, kind of the equivalent okay. like okay. overseas. And basically you're paying anywhere from, I would say, $800 to like $1,500 for one week. But then you got, it's a four-day tournament or a three-day tournament. So you got hotel. As he mentioned, you got caddies. You got, everybody got to get there. You got to feed yourself. So like it's gonna be on an average of like I think like seventeen hundred every week mm-hmm. to kind of keep moving around for just expenses, mm-hmm. and then sometimes like these tournaments, if you win, you only getting two thousand dollars, right? Or you make a win and it only be like a thousand dollars. You know what I mean? Now sometimes mm-hmm. it's a bigger pot, you know, where you can get up to like thirty, forty thousand, but it's definitely every week. You know, you got to spend that money, and it's at least you know I would say fifteen hundred to two thousand for every mini tour event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Got to a point, um, just couldn't afford it anymore, so I had to, you know, start my career. So I was basically, I was in sales for a little bit, but found my calling in uh, commercial finance. So I was in commercial finance, vehicle finance for uh, eight years. Um, was about to become VP at a finance firm out of San Diego, California. And I got home one day, and I was just like, bro, this ain't it. Mm. Like, I fully suited, you know, just got off the plane. I'm like, bro, this ain't it. I want to play golf. Like, I feel like I still got a shot. And so uh, it was already hard to find sponsors. I already knew that. So I was just like, you know what? First things first, let's make a logo. Let me just make a logo. So the logo that you guys saw, you know, jeans, sweatshirt, Cuban link chain, it was just supposed to be me. And I was just going to put it on my polo and put it on my bag. And then one thing led to another. I showed it to him. He was like, yo, bro, just put that on a T-shirt real quick. So I did. And I've always been in fashion, but never really took it serious. And sneakers. Just never really took it serious on my own. But ended up making the logo. uh, Took a Gildan T-shirt. It maybe cost me 20 bucks. Ironed it on. I went downtown Detroit. And uh, I maybe got stopped 50 times. You know what I'm saying? Like, who are you? What's that logo? Where can I get it from? And do you play golf? You know what I'm saying? And they were, and, I mean, it was just, it was, it was crazy. It was crazy. Yeah, got yeah. back home, told him, bro, I definitely got something. Like, like I don't know what, but I'm gonna do something with it. He was just like, all right, well, keep doing your thing. He was doing his own thing in Delaware, uh, working for the mayor. But uh, it got to a point I was just like, okay, well, let me make t-shirts, sweatshirts, hats, socks, and um, and like little other accessories. You know what I'm saying? Not knowing 
not really not what I'm doing, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But selling everything out of my apartment. I made custom boxes, uh, custom, uh, thank you cards, and I wrote the first 1500 myself, you know what I'm saying, and put that in every box. But, um, yeah, it got to a point I was just like, all right, well, let's just see how far we can go. And started the company, Eastside Golf LLC, June 2019, and then uh, started selling clothes. And how I did that was I just honestly found the most expensive pieces that I could find and put our logo on that embroidery, Chanel patches, but the most expensive. I know a lot of people try to go the cheapest, but I wanted it high quality because I wanted people to wear it, you mm -hmm. know? And I know how I feel about, you know, cheap stuff. I wouldn't want to wear it. So end up uh, finding the highest quality, um, end up from November 2019 to February 2020, selling out about five times, you know? And I'm it's just me, you know? And I mean, it was tough, but I knew I had something. So kept pushing it kept pushing it and then i told him yo bro let's like go down to the pga uh pga show hmm. pga show is um it's like the magic show for fashion right yeah 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 but yeah. for golf for I golf. Mean, in the golf yeah. world yeah, yeah, the yeah. golf world but i mean I, all in all i was what i was trying to do was pay for my way my own way to to play golf to instead of asking for a sponsor in golf or as an athlete why not ask the sponsor to invest in a company. So take the entrepreneurial route. Yeah. That's all I was thinking. I know how to run a company. I mean, that's what I did in commercial finance. I helped uh, truck drivers start their own businesses, owner operators buy their trucks, see what type of trucks they want, uh, what commodity they're hauling and what's best for their company, you know? Yeah. So it's like, if I'm, start, if I'm helping all these businesses or helping all these people start their own, why don't I start my own? I know how to do it and close is a little bit more simple, you know, than, you know, going out on the road and handling that whole nine. So, but yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, awesome. so when y'all get to the PGA show, this is in, is it in Orlando? Yeah, it's in it's, Orlando. It's in Orlando. So, mm -hmm. I'm going to imagine there's probably a bunch of people that don't look like you. Yeah. You got the gold chain on the shirt. What's the feeling as you're walking through the sea of people? What's the reaction to you? And what, what are your thoughts as you're walking through this crowd? Yeah, so, I mean, you know, my career, I was deep in golf. So, you know, I was one of the first African-American golf pros at Detroit Golf Club and at Wilmington Country Club. So, like, back home in Delaware. And in 2016, I was named one of the best young teachers in America, and I actually left and took a job in the mayor's office. So, like, around this time when he's telling me about this, in my head, I'm just like, I'm kind of over golf. Like, you know, as far as, like, being boxed in, I'm like, man, they don't allow you to be creative. So, I was kind of just, like he said, doing my own thing. But he was like, nah, we got to go to the PGA show. And I'm like, man, I don't feel like going. Like, I'm, I'm, it's going to be a waste of time. And, like, when we got down there, I really got to experience the same thing that he got to experience in Detroit. Like you said, I mean, we're the minority there. It's, you know, people from all over the world, but it's obviously majority white. And you're walking around at the PGA demo day and people are just stopping us. Honestly, it was almost like we were rock stars in a sense because it was like, what, like he said, who are you? What's that logo? How do I get it? Like, that's going to, that's the constant reaction that white, people. White people? Yes. Yeah. Did you feel it was sincere or? Yeah, like I felt like it was one of those things where it was like, yo, finally. Like having worked inside of the business, yeah. like it's typically golf is white shoes, khaki pants, and a polo. Everybody looks the same. Everybody's carbon copy. Like that's all the options that you have. Like if you go into a golf shop now, it's all pretty much going to be the same. Yeah. Like it's not even an option for you to like if 
if you even if you enjoy golf, they don't give you an option to even be creative, if that makes sense, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I think the changing the color of your shirt is like the biggest you can do. Right, exactly. Yeah. Everything sure. is still exactly sure. the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like walking around and having like been in the business, it was just like for me, because I've been to the PGA show countless times. Like like I said, I was kind of just over it and had experience at all, but this was like, damn, this is different. And so we end up like networking, getting a bunch of business cards. And, you know, like he said, the game of golf, you learn how to network and got a bunch of cards and literally just followed up with everybody, sent them all emails. Yeah. We get an email back from a brand in Japan um, or a, a boutique in Japan called Clubhouse Supply. And they're in Osaka, Japan. And they like, yo, we'll take a chance on you. We'll take 35 sweatshirts. We sent them 35 sweatshirts. They once they get them, they sell out in 24 hours. In Japan. In Japan. In Osaka, they were the first company to take a chance on us. Yeah. Then they like, yo, they call us like, man, we ain't never seen nothing sell this fast. Yo, here's a ten thousand dollar PO. How quickly can you get them to us? But then you gotta understand now, this is like May of 2020, so it's like pandemic, like it's yeah, it's yeah. here. So we like, all right. So we, I think we had enough inventory to, to I think we fulfilled that order. Mm-hmm. We had enough inventory to fill that order. Things are starting to pick where, up. Where are you getting the merch from? Uh, Oakland, California. Like, uh, are you just making it? Like, you got to. No, no, no. We a had a house. Uh, well, he was already, see, he had already had the relationship. So he had been, we've been dealing with the same folks that he was dealing with. Okay. They were uh, based in Oakland, California. Okay. So, so like American warehouse. Yeah. So they were getting the patches, I think, overseas and then putting it on like, you know, a sweater and and, and, and you, you just funded this out of your own pocket or you took a loan or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so this was out of my own pocket. Uh, depleted the 401k. <laughs> uh, sold the Bitcoin. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and depleted the savings too how much did you sell bitcoin when you when you had a bitcoin how much did you sell it for uh i i didn't have that much but i maybe got about six grand from it okay you know what i'm saying so it was just below i would it was it was definitely half i would say half of a bitcoin okay. so it wasn't part of it yeah because i'm thinking that the timing it wasn't you weren't part of that run up to sixty thousand. No, nah, not okay. at all. Yeah, yeah. No, I okay. got out way before that. Sorry to hear that. Another investment. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, so, so all right, so 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 you had ten thousand worth of inventory. Yeah, so we had ten thousand worth of inventory to fulfill that order. We fulfilled that order, and at this time, like I said, it was kind of like it was still moving. Like so, people getting the product, but the infrastructure necessarily wasn't in place. And then we end up um, getting an article in ESPN. He knew someone. So they did an article on us. Because, oh, so at this time, this is like May. So George Floyd mm-hmm. had just happened, like in that, that window. And we end up doing that, um, a, a video challenging the PGA of America, which is separate from the PGA Tour. Because the PGA Tour kind of came out and had a statement about Black Lives Matter. But the PGA of America didn't. And so we kind of like, we put a video out. Just kind of challenge them the same way that Patrick Mahone did with the NFL. Right. So we got a bunch of diverse groups of industry leaders within the PGA basically saying who you are and Black Lives Matter. And we just tagged the PGA. So basically the joint went viral. We posted it and then we got their attention. And then that kind of spread it as well. And that really wasn't about like necessarily promoting our brand. It was just more about, you know, yo, y'all need to make a stance. Like y'all got to come out and say something. Um, And so ESPN hits. And then this is when things started really start to pick up for us. So ESPN hits, uh, CJ Paul and Chris Paul reach out. 
And that's his brother, CJ. CJ, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, he like reached out and was like, yo, I love what y'all doing just through DMs. Because you also got to remember, like right now, Instagram is popping. So like there's no content out on TV. We started doing Instagram lives like because everybody's in the crib. Everybody's this one. Everyone was on live. And so we did that. CJ reaches out and he's like, yo, I love what y'all doing. We, me and my brother actually play golf. We want two of everything. And if y'all got more, we're going to gift it to people in the bubble. And we're will, and we going to pay for everything. We're like, what? So we did that. And then what really changed our business forever was we were actually together in Wisconsin. And it was the night of the NBA boycott. So I don't know if y'all remember. That yeah, was yeah, August yeah. 24th. It was, it was the Bucks. The Bucks were playing. Yeah. And they, yep. decided not, they, yep. yeah, they decided not to play. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah. that day... And, you know, Chris Paul, let me paint the picture. Chris Paul is the president of the NBA Players Association. Yep. He ended up doing a whole documentary. It's called The Day When Sports Stood Still. So he says, like, he's on his way to the to the, um, to the the bubble. He's getting calls from Bron and everybody like, yo, they not playing. And so he's, he's got to, you know, figure out what they're going to do. Well, when he gets off the bus, he's got the gear on from head to toe. He's got the Dior Lows on, Dior Low Ones. He's got <laughs> our socks, <laughs> our sweater, and our hat. And he's wearing it, and all cameras is on him. And it just went bananas. Because you got to understand, too, like I tell people, it wasn't just a sports story. It became a national news story. So ABC, CBS, NBC, mm-hmm. everybody's not CNN. necessarily CNN promoting no. Eastside golf. But what they're saying is the NBA is not playing, and Chris Paul is the president of the NBA Players Association. What are they going to do? What's going on? So they keep showing this clip, and sales are going through <laughs> the wow. roof. Yeah. Wow. Through yeah. the roof, we had to cut it off. But we ended up cutting it off. <laughs> Just stop sales. Yeah, yeah we. Had, but because you got to talk, talk about that. Yeah. A lot of people, it could be that could be a problem. It can actually destroy your business exactly. if, you, if you have too much, too much demand, not enough inventory. Then people complain that they're not getting their stuff on time, and it's a real hassle. You see, delays like six to nine months. Yo, <laughs> yeah, I was just going. I mean, what helped us honestly was the pandemic. You know, people were more patient. You know what I'm saying? People would. Yeah, I wait three weeks for a sweater. I mean, I ain't doing that, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that's how we stood up against that time. We definitely, you know, two day turnaround now as far as shipping. But I mean, back then it was. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was. It got ugly though. I mean, it got ugly. Like, I mean, people <laughs> was. I'm beyond. Like, we went from. I think you could get it. We could get sweaters in like six weeks to like three months. I mean, I, we can say it now. There were people that ordered in August and literally didn't get it to like November, December. Like he said, people were patient. So like, it was one of those things where two, what do we do? So everything is on fire after that moment. We actually, people wanted to invest in that moment. They're like, yo, we see what you got going on and we weren't ready. So like one of the things that we learned was, we was like, all right, I'll never forget in September. We like, yo, we're literally gonna put sold out on everything try to figure out how to fill these orders but we got to put the infrastructure in and if you building a business what i mean by infrastructure is you got to get lawyers you got to get accountants you got to make sure you own all your ip like all of that stuff because you got to have a infrastructure to be able to even take investment you know and so there were certain deals that we kind of missed out on because we didn't have the infrastructure mm-hmm. people were ready they like hey we want to do this on a convertible note we didn't know what a convertible note was and then we had like bad deals that we were able to kind of get out of where people said they were going to do certain things and they didn't do it. So like investment decks, because we didn't know we didn't know what we were doing in a sense. But we just took that time to literally, I would say from September to January, all we did was just put in infrastructure. 
figure out fulfillment, figure out customer service, figure out who we want to invest, who we want to hire, who we want to hire. Yeah. Yeah. And then we kind of cut it back on, I would say, like in February. We had an article in GQ, and then we did like, you know, like I say, we did like 50000 in one so, day. Mm-hmm. So we was like, damn, okay, it's a business now. We were able to get all the orders out, and we were able to kind of flip it back on. But it's, I would say, like, just in anybody that wants to build a business, like, to his point, we were lucky enough because we built it during the pandemic and people were patient, but you got to gotta have an infrastructure and you're not going to be able to build you need lawyers and you need accountants like those that's where it starts if you want to build a real business and take investment in because people looking at you and they're going to be like well all right, we want to see these documents we want to see this documents and you're like what so you got to you know learn all those things I call it YouTube University because yeah, it's all sure. out that's there if fact. you want it we call it EYL University yeah 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 for sure but um, <laughs> bigger than that so when you when you put the business on freeze how are we gaining income or did we say you know what we're gonna use our finance background and say, all right, we're gonna stack some papers so that we can sustain this. Are we doing other things? Because I know you were at a bank for a certain point during this time. Yeah. What are, I, what are we doing while we putting the, the, the company on freeze? Honestly, I mean, I wasn't, he wasn't getting paid. Yeah, you know what I'm nah, I didn't he get didn't. paid for a whole year. I was working for a whole year, sweat <laughs> yeah. equity. Sweat, sweat equity. equity, I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, and he owns part of the business now, you know what I'm saying? So it was, uh, I mean, I was the one, you know, using the bread to pay for my rent, pay for my food anything that i needed but then also anything that he needed if he need i mean he just hit me and we get it we yeah. get it but yeah. um i mean it was tough you know i was borrowing money from here trying to get money from here and it was a bunch of no's bunch of no's but you know just keep going using it back to putting maxed out the credit yeah. card <laughs> yeah you know exactly. what i'm saying yeah, yeah, yeah. we was the really inspired yeah, too by like nipsey during that time like yeah. just all money in like we literally went all money in. like yeah, we yeah. knew it was something special we just kind of like and i feel like a lot of people have been there before it's like you know you got something you know it's coming it's almost like you waiting on a big check and it's just like how do you just limit that debt before you get the big check because a lot of times you your debt so high by the time you get the big check you back at zero yeah. so it was just one of those things where what we did was we knew that we didn't want to give up a bunch of equity so it was just like we just kept figuring out ways to reach in our own pocket like I, like he said didn't take anything from the business because it was more important about the business standing up once you got the infrastructure in place and that's why when we actually cut it on it was like okay it was worth the sacrifice now like okay boom we can we can run now let's go and we weren't and, and sorry we weren't paying any money on marketing I mean we still haven't paid any money on marketing it's all been I mean, me being on the phone just finding things that match in between what we talk about things to talk about on the golf course things that y'all talk about I mean I put y'all on there a couple of times just from a standpoint of these are the things that we talk about on the golf course you know what I'm saying these are the things that we have in common with I mean we're regular folk just like everybody else that don't play that's mm-hmm. why you should come out here and just try it you know, spread your network, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And it, I mean, it grew from there, just us being uh, in tune with our customers. You just threw, through Instagram and that's how we grew it and kept their attention. You spoke about um, convertible note. You didn't know mm-hmm. what that was. What do you know what it? Yeah, I know what it is now. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah, yeah. <laughs> percent. That was part of the learning process. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I mean, we're raising money right now, so we went out and raised some capital. We raised it on a safe note. You know, Y Combinator essentially. Can you can you explain what a convertible note is for people? Yeah, so for a convertible note is essentially you will receive cash right now based on what you think. Well, basically, you receive cash, and it will the note will mature into equity. Essentially, that's the simple term mm-hmm. of it. So, you give me a hundred thousand right now, and you essentially it's just a note. 
so you don't own any equity. And then you can say in 12 months, that 100,000 will then convert into equity. So at that 12 month period, if it's if our business is valued at a million dollars, that 100,000 is worth 10% of our company. So it, it converts. Now, the good, good thing about a convertible note, you could also say, hey, you know what? Let's say the company's valued at two million. I could just pay you back on your note and give you interest, so you don't have to receive equity. Um, but yeah, so, that's a convertible. And then you note. said the uh, investment deck. So that's like the deck that you put together for investors. Yes. Assuming, right? Yeah. And it has yeah. like all of the projected revenue in it and stuff like that. Yeah. So we had projected revenue, and we didn't even necessarily do that. What we did was we did it basically. We simplified it because we did it on a, on a on a safe note. And if anybody, I would definitely tell them go look into what a safe note Y Combinator. It really makes it simple for any like founders that are out there to kind of control your equity of your business. Um, and we made it really simple. And then what we did was we put our strategy in there, essentially, on what we were going to do with the money in the third and fourth quarter. So we raised money basically in the first and second quarter of the year. Really, second quarter is when we really focused on raising money and capital, family and friends round, not a Series A. And then we essentially said when that note matures, you know. How, how did you figure out how much equity you were willing to give up? Is that something you two sat down and said, all right, well, we're comfortable at this number? Yeah, yeah. It, it was more of a where do you think we could thrive at? You know, um, if we give, I mean, let's say just for example, hundred percent. Let's say we're uh, we're trying to give away twenty percent of our business. I mean, we got to a point where we were just like, I mean, it's twenty percent too much because how much control do we want them to have? You know, how much uh, visibility or or what is it that they want from this? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like. Uh, and how much of a stronghold and in the contract, if it's if that percentage is high enough, I mean, what they can actually do to our company, you know, what they can control and what they can say on what we do. So but and I'll also say too, like just going through the process, you you got to keep your business attractive. So like most like and we had like a lot of basically VCs and sharks come at us early. Yeah. Right. And so they everyone's going to say, I only want to invest in your business unless I can have a, basically a strong percentage because I want to be invested in it. But then it's like, no, because if you do it too early, you don't necessarily even give room for VCs later with the big money. Mm -hmm. So early on, you really want to keep it as low as possible. And you got to be very strategic with who you invest with. And that's what we did. So like we went and necessarily got, I would say, like a quiet investor someone that really knows to invest like not someone that's like all right if i give you a hundred thousand i'm gonna need it back in six months or i'm gonna need it back in a year no it's an investment let this investment mature over time so that was one of the things that i think we did and then being strategic so like if we had one person in this area if we had a lawyer to invest i.e an example like we didn't need to go get another lawyer to invest let's go get a, an accountant to invest let's go get uh another you know just different fields because now you can leverage them as well because they're invested in your business so we kind of diversified i would say our investor and then we also were just really conscious of like and i'll say this like one of the deals that we did we were able to get out like two deals basically to get us where we are today and one of them was i would feel like they didn't understand what we were trying to do. It was kind of like a lack of knowledge. So we basically was like, yo, come down on equity so we can make somebody else fit so that the business is still attractive in the future. And they're like, huh, what? You want to come down? I was like, no, we got to do this because if we give up kind of what he was saying, the lion's share of our business too early, it leaves no room later on. Mm -hmm. And so we were able to honestly get out of that deal 
but we were able i would say one of the best deals we did was we partnered up with our manufacturing partner right now and get terms because everyone says cash flow cash flow cash flow but i truly understand what cash flow means because you lock up your cash if you got bad terms and an example would be when we first started the business we were paying 50 percent on the order up front Mm-hmm. And then it takes what ninety days for it to get produced, mm-hmm. and then you gotta sell it. So you really only get you got one hundred and twenty days. Let's say you put up a hundred grand on inventory, you got one hundred and twenty days without, and it's still locked up, and you still got bills every month. But now we were able to get to the point where we got better terms. So now we could place an order, ninety days to produce it. Once we receive it, we got a net thirty. So now you got that that cash. Talk about net thirty. Net, net thirty. We, we, we just had a conversation about <laughs> net thirty. Talk about talk, talk. About, talk about net 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 thirty. People here net thirty, net forty, net fifty, net sixty. They don't know what that is. Yeah, that's a, that was something we learned very very early. <laughs> nah, net thirty is a basically it's, a, it's it's when you have okay, it's the the person is saying from this day you have thirty days to pay me or 45 days to pay me but you get to receive the services on the front end yeah so that's the thing like you get the goods on the front end where before we was paying for the we had to put 50 percent up front and this is why people say credit is so important because you can't get these type of deals unless you have good credit mm-hmm. and so 50 we were paying 50 percent up front and 50 percent on arrival and then we it was just all on us where now we can place an order no money up receive it no money up and then once we start in a sense getting money with that net 30 then you can pay them back yeah that's so. something that you know all of this stuff is stuff that we learn on the fly um or at least we did learn on the fly yeah. and it's like the learning the language is extremely important mm-hmm. so for us we've been on the opposite side of that as far as like you know if we have an ad um let's mm-hmm. say joe blows you know uh grass company grass cutting company um wants to do an ad and then they have like net 45 or net 30 so we do the ad, but then they don't pay until yes. 30 days or 45 right. days later. So it's important to understand that because it's like if you do an ad for somebody, you think you're going to get paid tomorrow, and then you're waiting on the money, and then it's like, where's the money? It's yeah. like, it doesn't come until two months <laughs> right. from yeah. now. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, goes, it goes back to your point of why having an accountant is super it's so important. important. <laughs> yeah. like, we'll have like six ads in that time, and you're like, wait, did we get paid for the last one? Right. Wait, we used to start going. I remember when we first started our YouTube and um, we had some views, and I'm like, wait, we made $83. And I'm calling Google, I'm like, look, man, when we getting this $83? Right, 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 they're like, nah, right, right. it's net 30, guys. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah, right, yeah, well, I knew that. I, I'll wait on it. <laughs> right, right, right. And I also say, like, too, to your point, it's just a stigma, like you said earlier, like, we don't know knowledge, and that's why credit is so important in debt. Like, it's okay to use good business credit and so you don't tie up your cash. You know what I mean? You just gotta be smart about it to know but like that's what I was saying earlier where like you give up so much when you finally do get the income you don't have nothing left because you had all these bad terms where like literally okay yeah you did 50000 but you still owe eighty because and you behind and now they charge you interest and all of that so all of that stuff is very very important like you said man we learned it on the fly like you just gotta what was that book we oh, man my man from uh, Light Shit Capital it was called Venture Something. I wish I knew the title of it. But it was I know a, what you're talking about. Too. It was a really good book and it really, really broke down like how venture capitalists think and what are some of the most important things that you need to do um, to kind of get to where we are today. Because it was definitely learning. Like we definitely learned, got a lot of good people getting the right help around you, just like anything else. And now, you know, we're rocking and rolling. We got our COO, definitely need somebody that like knows the business. That was mm-hmm. one of the important things. 
and then start putting people in position. So he has a role in the company. I have a role in the company. Our CEO has a role in the company. Like everybody kind of like playing that role. Everybody still does everything, but it's still kind of like you want to work towards truly like putting, you know, people in, in the right position to be successful. Very important. Um, okay. So how did this deal with Jordan come about? I was, yeah, so, I mean, from all the marketing that we did, um, there came a point where actually C.J. Paul reached out to yes, us. Uh, in my mind, I'm thinking, like, C.J. Paul, I know there was a C.C. Bathia connection. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Jordan yeah. These are Jordan yeah, yeah, yeah. brand athletes yeah, yeah, all yeah, around yeah. us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. But, yeah, so C.J., um, he definitely uh, asked about two of everything, like Earl said, you know, uh, and then... Um, more to give to people in the bubble, but so we two two of everything exactly. Two you had the polo shirts, obviously. Mm-hmm. What exactly are they asking for two of everything? Like what's, what's this time? Point? It was yeah. just yeah. At that time, it was t-shirts, sweatshirts, hats, uh, socks, and like some magnet lapels. Okay, that we had. yeah, so, so it's like four items. It wasn't yeah, nothing yeah. too crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay. We didn't even have polos, and that's the yeah. other thing I want to say too. Just real, just to chime in, it's like we started a golf brand and we didn't even have polos. Right, it was just the logo, and then like I gotta give O a lot of credit because he he don't rush like he said he want quality on everything. Yeah, so it's like doing it the right way. He could have easily rushed him like, oh, we a golf brand, let's just slap some polos together. It was like, nah, I want them polos to be right. Yeah, and you're the actual logo, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so I'm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the shoe, man, it's just crazy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man. Um, so going from there. Well, where did I stop? Nah, just the whole, like, CJ, like, Gentry. and Yeah, 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 yeah. So, CJ came on, and he was just like, yeah, I definitely want to introduce you guys to Gentry Humphrey. He's a VP over at Nike, I guess. Well, not I guess. The uh, god of footwear, uh, of bringing sneakers back in Nike. That's what they know him for. But uh, we went out to go play golf with him. Uh, well, first, well, first... Um, we got on the phone with him, and he liked this enough to where he got us on the phone with MJ. And so we had wait, Michael, Michael wait, Jordan. Wait, wait, what? Excuse me? <laughs> like, can we not just breeze over that? You got on the phone with Michael Jeffrey? Yeah, he's getting a little bit. Earl, please, please, don't breeze over the Michael Jordan part. No, we're not going to come back. Yeah, so we end up. So what happened? So this is like August of 2020. We talked to G. G's like, yo, I love what y'all doing. And this time, he knew MJ was real big in the golf. Everybody know, well, not everybody, but after the documentary, everybody saw it. So he flips it over to MJ, like, yo, just take a look Mike, at Michael it. Jordan. Michael Jordan. Michael Jeffrey. Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Yes, sir. Just about, our deck, though. I'm about to do the, the J. Cole. Michael. <laughs> Jeffrey. Jordan. Yes. So he flips the deck over to him. He sees it, and he's like, yo, I love it. Like, just an email. We haven't spoken to him or nothing like that it's just kind of just like you know somebody's like we come to something you like I, I i know envy i'll just i'm gonna see what he think like i can't just walk you in the room just yeah, yet like yeah, but yeah. let me test the waters if he bites then we'll take it from there so that's what happened and then like he said the moment came because then things kind of started rolling and and we still like he said we're marketing we're still doing our thing and then we end up so it was funny because he's like all right Yo, y'all ready? And we like, what you mean? He's like, Mike wanna, you know, y'all ready to talk to Mike? Like, I, y'all gonna talk directly to him and kind of pitch it, like, cause he need to hear it from y'all, like y'all passion, the real story. So we like, yeah, we ready, we ready. And it was funny, I always joke with people, cause I'm like, this is the this is the first Zoom call where like literally they was like, yo, y'all need to be on there early. Y'all got 30 minutes, like, 
and it said, don't get starstruck. Don't be, uh, uh, like, he gonna come on. Y'all gotta be ready, because there was other stuff that he had to do, too. So it wasn't just, like, our meeting. It was just, like, yeah. we found some time. He gonna take out time out of his schedule and pitch it to him. And we got on there. We pitched it to him. And I'll never forget, like, we did our whole spill. He was like, all right, those are two great stories. We tell the best stories. Did we sign them yet? And they were, like, on the phone, like, uh yeah 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 we go we on it like yeah you know <laughs> so it was like it was like MJ believed like he 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 immediately got in one of the things too like he loved golf I don't know if people know like at one point Michael Jordan literally got kicked off a golf course for wearing cargo shorts like in modern time like not mm. low before he won championships no like this happened in, I think in Miami in like '06 um don't quote me on the date but literally it was definitely in the 2000s Michael Jordan got kicked off a golf course and got basically said you can't come back here because he had on cargo shorts. So, like, I feel like that was another reason, too, why he created his own golf course. And he understood, like, y'all trying, what y'all trying to break and do? And, like, and, you know, it was just like, he's like, yo, like, I, I get it. I get it. And from that He moment, has a golf course? Yeah, he yeah, has his own yeah. golf course. Uh, um, Grove 23 down in Hope Sound, Florida. In Florida? Yep. Mm -hmm. Y'all frequent there? Yeah, we've been yeah. out there a few times. <laughs> right next to Jupiter, Florida. He, he, I mean, it's not too far from where like Tiger Woods live, and you already know. So, how many how, have you had? Like, how many times have y'all communicated with him? Uh, I mean, I, I was I've, I've talked. We've talked. Well, we talked to him by like three times. Oh, talked to him a couple of times without me just being around. So, how's that? Yeah. How is how is he? Is he? Because well, I always everybody always okay. you know he's the most competitive person in the world, and he's real hard to 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 you know on. His teammates that in that documentary yeah. like that, um, so you know not a lot of people will have access. I'm like he's real. Like he seems like an introvert. Also, like, mm -hmm. he's not really like he's Jay Z. It's not you can't just not a lot of people speaking to Michael Jordan. So well, I would how say, is it? How is he? Yeah, I would say the first time we met him, uh, it was with G. We were out at the golf course. We finished up on the 18th hole. And uh, G says, yeah, man, these are my guys. And you know, it's a large one. He could really play. Me, first thing he asked me, well, what'd you shoot? I'm like, mm -hmm. man, I shot like 70s. Man, he like, man, get out of here, man. You yeah, know? he's so definitely he's really competitive. 70s a professional number. Yeah, right? exactly. like for, for those not in the know. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. But nah, really competitive, nice guy. Um, we didn't even talk about basketball, but that was just the first time that we met. Yeah, so the first time. And then, like, it was kind of just real casual, breeze by, kind of like a thing. Like, you know, like, he acknowledged, like, he, like, he definitely spoke, but it was kind of like, all right, moving on. Um, but then... I would say, like, so the one of the times we get up there, probably like the third time, we out there with CC Sabathian, who loves golf. Like, CC, he retired, he playing golf every day. And so, CC, we go down there to the golf course to grow 23. We go play nine holes. I'm like, all right, I'm about to run back in or whatever. So, I go back in to the golf shop, and I'll never forget this moment for the rest of my life. So, I walk in the joint, and he's sitting down, and he looks at me, and he's like, my boy. I'm like, I'm thinking somebody behind me. I'm like, there's no way Michael Jordan knows who I am. And then he kind of gave me that nod. Like, now nah, I'm talking to you. Like, you know, I'm talking to you. Like, what's up? Yeah. So I'm like, oh, shit. Like, you know, so I walk over there. <laughs> and, um, you know, I'm, I'm talking to him. He just like, um, I don't even really remember the depth. Like, he's like, what's going on? Like, uh, where's Elijah one at? I'm like, oh, he outside. Like, with CeCe. Like, they on the tee or whatever. And then somebody next to him, he knew uh, oh, knew him or whatever. He like so this dude named Jesse. So Jesse like Elijah one outside. So he didn't get up, go talk to oh. So then somebody else at the table like, 
oh man, look what you got on the feet. So I had on like the US Open Jordan 4s. So they was like real exclusive. And oh, then Mike looked down, he like the Damn. Roger Federer joints? He was like, nah, these were um these are golf US Open. Oh, the golf. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, the golf. golf. So he like he like, damn, I don't even got those. I'm yeah. like, oh. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to give up my plug yet. You know what I mean? Like, so it was kind of like that awkward moment. And then, like, we just started rapping. But I did kind of, I, I do tell people, I did kind of have that moment where it was like, all right. Like, it was like frozen in time. I don't even remember what the conversation was about. Like, you just kind of like, all right, you can move now. Like, like I was like stuck there. Like, it was like, a, I was like, all right, cool. So then we end up um, going back out on the tee. And then we actually got a picture. We got it definitely. It's on our Instagram, and we got to put that up on the website too. Yeah. But uh, we end up taking a picture shortly after that with him. So it was CC, him, and I kind of came back in, and then we just like busted up for a minute and got the pick with him. So all right, so you meet him, you develop a relationship. He likes it, so he signs you guys to Jordan Brand. Is that how that happens? So we definitely still working on a partnership okay. as far as when it comes to that. Um, I would say actually the day after that happened, um, I actually he left. And um, had to go do some work, had to go do something, and I stayed to practice. So, got there at maybe like 8 a.m., and I'm hitting balls, you know, out on the driving range, just practicing. He gets there at like 9, you know, yellow Ferrari pull up, parking <laughs> on the curve all lopsided. Yeah. It's his course, it's his course. So, he park, he get out, he wave, I'm like, yo. So, he goes inside, probably tees off in another 15 minutes. So, uh, waves again. So, ends up playing nine holes, makes a turn, I'm still practicing. You know, and he weighed, like, yo, I see you, you know. Then he ends up playing another nine holes, and they finish. I'm still practicing. Hour goes by after he finishes. I finally finish. I come inside. My prolo drenched, you know what I'm saying, yeah. just from being out there all day. He got in. I, I got in, and he's like, okay, I see you out there working. I see you out there working, you know. Get this man some Sincoro, you know, because you know, he owns yeah, yeah, yeah. part of Sincoro. So, Drake and Coral stood there for a couple of minutes, end up uh, changing, had a, a flight to catch, changed, came back, sat down. He was probably sitting at the table with a good four or five other guys. And um, one of the guys at the table just asked, yo, so tell me a little bit about Eastside Golf and what you guys are doing. I maybe talked for a good minute and a half, and MJ just cuts me off. And he says, and that's why we're collabing with them. You mm. know, and I just explained, you know, who I was, who Earl was, and what we're trying to do and trying to change and what we're actually bringing to the game and how it's going to look different. And he was just all with it, you yeah. know? And then we end up drinking Sikora together, smoking a little cigar, you know? And <laughs> so it was cool. So, so, it's so, like, so, it's, so the collaboration is still kind of in, it's in, still in works. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm thought, like, well, collaboration, well, partnership. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's yeah. there. Like, we but, definitely are partners with the Jordan brand. Yeah, like, yeah, it's, sure. it's definitely a partnership there. We are... Um, what what we're working on right now is just trying to figure out, you know, for next year. Like that's the big thing. And like we got shoes in like record time. So that's why like these first ones are super limited just because So what exactly all right, what what is actually the collaborate? You guys took Jordan sneakers and made them golf shoes? So no, they had golf shoes out. They had start, already started coming out with right, golf right, shoes. Right, right, right. Of Jordan's Jordan sneakers. Jordan, Jordan sneakers, sneakers yeah, yeah. with golf with, shoes. With cleats on. Them. Yes, with the with the cleats on. Mm -hmm. them. And okay. then they started like engineering them better because initially it was just literally like sneaker. just like a sneaker <laughs> that's a golf bottle right? yeah, yeah, yeah. and then yeah, they was. end up developing to where they like okay they started signing like athletes on the tour so there's a couple guys on the PGA Tour that wears them like Bubba Watson is one Pat Perez a, a black guy by the name of Harold Bonner who's out there and so like the engineering started to get behind it so the shoes started to become more and more popular they started making more and more of them 
And then what we came involved was we're the first ever Jordan golf shoe collab with a golf brand. So, like, they've kind of created, like, custom shoes, golf shoes before, but they've never did a collaboration with any other golf brand. Yeah. And so, like, that's where our partnership lies, where it's like, this is the first ever, but we're excited because there's more in the future. So, so, so what what exactly are you, like, what kind of merch did you collab on? So, right now, we just did the shoe. The shoe. This one. The shoe. And we did it in record time. Like, people got to understand, like, we did it a shoe in literally in, like, eight months. You made your own shoe? No, so no. yeah, so, we have. Well, what's the? It's the Jordan Four, right? It's the Jordan yeah, Four. Yeah, yeah, but we designed design, it, like yeah. the, the the colors. The okay, so it's, it's the Jordan Four, but you put the spice on it. No, the spikes are already on there, but what we did I mean, was spice, spice, the, this, oh, the, drip. the spikes, the drip, oh, the drip. Yeah, 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 add your own drip to it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, I came up with the design myself, and it was honestly, I, I came to G. We went to go to breakfast, and I came up with a deck. It was probably like six different shoes. He came with a deck. It was maybe like four or five different shoes. We sat him next to me. Well, actually, we just exchanged decks. Yeah. I looked on it and I was like, "Bro, it's the same shoe." Oh yeah. I got on mine. So yeah, both. Know? That's and I'm thinking to myself, like y'all both said we're doing the four, or because I, I would imagine they would wanted you to collaborate on a, a bunch of shoes. They gave you a bunch of the numbers, and you're like, "The nah, four is the one." Nah, you well, usually when you collab with jewelry, you don't have a choice. Oh, they telling yeah, you? They already <laughs> got in line shoes, <laughs> mm-hmm. and you get it like. Yeah, so there's a certain time that uh, let's say Nike's doing the coming out with the Jordan uh, Eight at this time. So you know you. during June through October, and we coming out with a collab through June through October. So we gonna we gonna be getting the Eight. Yeah. You know, so it just depends I got on. It. Yeah, yeah. You don't get the coming yeah. out. You so don't get the. It pick. makes sense though. So now the Union Four. Yeah, it's the mm-hmm. year of the four. It's, it's the so year of the, the four. So the Union Four it goes up there. Mm-hmm. If Don C wanted to collaborate, it, he would have, have a four. four and yeah. you have a four. Yeah, yeah. and like Perfect. even Don C said it. Like you, you take what they give you. Like quote <laughs> yeah. unquote, it. He didn't necessarily want the two. He killed the two. Killed on his, it. On killed his design. It. Killed like killed it. still one of the best twos out there. But at the end of the day, like you don't, you don't get the pick. Before you know it know is. Before <laughs> it is, and you just kind of put your, you put your style on. Like he said, you put the spice on it. And that's um, what we were able to do. But there's more coming. Like So basically, we was in line. We collabed. It was dope. And then just the reaction has been just unbelievable. The way people, the buzz has what, just been. What's the first thing I said when y'all came out the car? Yeah, did we bring them? Like, ready? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, how, how receptive were they to you not having the Jordan logo, but the actual Eastside Golf logo on, on the, it's on the tongue, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's on the well, tongue. How, well, they, they was like, all right, we can do that. Yeah, they were very accepted. You so know? The, the, the cleats have that logo on the tongue? The Jordan yes. logo on what the Jordan logo is? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's right on the tongue. Yeah, it's, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right there on the tongue with the Air Jordan. Well, actually, the regular four has the patch on it. Right. This is the first four where they it's no patch on the actual. It's you. Four. It's just yeah. the logo. Well, well, it's, it's just a brand. Yeah. You got you guys sent us the professional pictures. We'll put it on YouTube. For yeah, sure. for, for sure. sure. And then on the bottom of it, I actually came out with a uh, canvas. Yeah. How y'all ain't bring no? How y'all ain't bring? That's no? I, the first thing I said, yo, yo, brought the cleats. We got them. Gotta be prepared at all times. Yes. This is not like you guys. But don't worry, look, look. You see this <laughs> yeah, mantle? It's not like us. This mantle up here is waiting for y'all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, yeah, yeah. For sure. It's waiting for y'all. Oh, yeah, we definitely sure. need that. For sure. So, so, all right. When do they drop? Uh, tomorrow. 7th, yeah. Oh, they, tomorrow. they haven't come out yet? Nah, yeah. We released them tomorrow. So, we had a we had a raffle. So, we did it raffle style. And tomorrow, because this, this episode is going to come out after that. Yep. So, June 7th. August so, 7th. I mean, August 7th. August 7th. Yep. Um... It's gonna come out, and yeah. how is it gonna be released? So we did a raffle just because we're trying to fight the bots. Ugh. So like we still got bots. Like yeah. I mean, and even Nike gets bots. Like, and we're not as big as Nike. So what you basically do is to ensure that it is as random as possible. 
we did a um a raffle where people can sign up um which the sign up has been insane we got like a hundred and i think it's 117,000 entries but we had to scrape through i think at one point it was like 800,000 because of the bots yeah so it's, people, so it's just over a million now so you basically gotta like constantly be scrubbing to ensure and there's ways that you can check like essentially like user behavior so like there's a way that if you were to sign up on a raffle nine times out of ten for us like you're gonna hit the site multiple times mm -hmm. so if you just come on one time then we know generally speaking that's probably a buy so you get to control that or nike nike does well that? it's kind of like a combination of both right like they obviously Kind of help you through that process. It's sold, where's it sold at? Nike? It's sold exclusively on eastsidegolf.com. Oh, it's sold on your yeah, website. Yeah, yeah. These are exclusively sold on eastsidegolf.com for that, the first. That traffic gonna be crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah no, crazy. How much inventory do you have? It's super limited. I can't release the number, okay. but it's super limited. And yeah. Nike, and that's Nike ships it. Yeah, yeah. It's all gonna be shipped. Yeah, yeah. It's all gonna be shipped and delivered. Um, but if you gotta go to eastsidegolf.com. Yeah, I mean yeah. every sneaker page on instagram had them so yeah yeah like, now yeah, we dominated yeah, yeah. the sneaker dominated. culture for like 48 hours it was like, crazy so it was crazy. nothing how long do you anticipate before it sells out oh it's gonna be seconds i mean because yeah. you gotta under, like it's already in a sense sold out like the way you get it right. is through the raffle and like i said we've scrubbed and we still got about one hundred seventeen thousand entries for super limited yeah. pairs two seconds like, they they said yeah. like the buzz for these <laughs> is like the dior ones yeah, yeah. no bs like yeah. And their golf shoes. And their mm -hmm. golf shoes. So you, everybody's gonna wear them in the golf, or some people's just gonna wear them. Just I think, I think, a, I think a few people are gonna take the spikes off the bottom of the yeah, shoes. Yeah, because you can take them out and just wear them. Because you can replace the spikes. The, essentially, yeah, you go to a hey. golf. <laughs> you know the address, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna show you the closet after we uh, finish. Okay. This, yeah, you go to a golf <laughs> store and you get a, a spike remover. I yeah. mean, it's a little two prong. Take you a second. Yeah, you clip it out. And just, then you got some because it was built so like you wear them down. You yeah, can kind of replace fire. them. Mm -hmm. they fire. Mm -hmm. You they can fire. you can definitely take it out. And that's the thing. Like people honestly are treating it like a collector's item too. Yeah. So like people just going like just like Dior's. I'm telling you, it's so similar to the Dior. Like people going to try to get them and just put them up. Now there is going to be people that will also wear them on the golf course as well but generally speaking most people are just going to kind of put them up and sit on them mm -hmm. is, it, is it too late to get, to get the comp pair <laughs> no it's not we're going to talk about that, that. Yeah, we, I, so <laughs> I, I know that the, the power is one thing right and y'all trying to change the game so obviously with the cleats but what what is your vision for some of these tours are, are we customized like what are you going to do like, is it going to stick to khakis and polos or we got a bigger vision like are we going to see dudes wearing headbands on the like what are we doing uh, I mean, right now, uh, when it comes to the tournaments, um, we're so we're taking the approach of collabing with every single tournament. So we're coming out with pieces that we sell in the um, in their tour tent. So like, even we just did a Rocket Mortgage Classic, did a collab with Rocket Mortgage. So all the pieces were custom. They're not sold on the website. You can only get them at that tournament. So we're releasing pieces like that. But then also, how we truly grow in golf is the pieces that we're releasing that are for golf. I mean, we're talking about, you know, pieces as far as like a, a vest, um, hood, hoodie, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, but then yeah. also it go over a polo, over a t-shirt. This is something that's coming a little later this year. Yeah. Um, we're coming out with a jacket, you know, later this year, uh, maybe a light bomber next year, you know? So these are different things that you can honestly wear, you know, out with the boys, 
go get a drink in, but yeah. then also wear to the golf course and be comfortable, be warm, and be fashionable all at the same time. Are y'all trying to find a signature athlete? Because I, I know you mentioned Varna, and I know uh, Cameron. What's Champ. It? Yeah, Cameron yeah, Champ. Cameron Champ. Because it's very limited. It's very, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like four players, right. African-American players that are on the tour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I could imagine maybe starting there and then. Uh, nah. Ch- nah. Nah, that's okay. not the plan. Okay. I mean, we got an athlete right here. Like. We gonna break thing. that. We gonna break that news after. We getting there. We getting there. We getting there. Nah, nah. Oh, I mean, like he said, that's why the reason he started the company. Like he's super talented. Like he's not wasting his time. Like he know. Like if I thought like it was a waste of time. So like I even got to tell this story. You mentioned uh, Cameron Champ. Yeah. So we played in the pro am, which is essentially. It's almost like an open run. So imagine like before an NBA game, if you got to like warm up with the guys, right, and just kind of warm up. So that's basically what it was like a warm up that we did. At a PGA tournament, so it's called a pro am. So you play with pros and amateurs, and oh, we get to the first tee, and like the two pros get up and hit. It was Tony Phenom and Cameron Champ in New Orleans. So they get up, they bomb it down the middle, and then we about to walk off because typically we playing up. Amateurs play from up here, pros play from back here. Oh, was like, nah, I want to play from back here. And the PGA Tour rules officials like, you know, sir, like this ain't the time. Like just <laughs> tee up there. He like, nah, I want to play from right here. And he was like, oh, okay. So then he ended up putting it in the ground, got up there and bombed that joint down the middle. And these two are one of the longest guys on tour. He hit it past both of them mm. right down the middle. And they were just like, oh, wow. And then, you know, I got up there, hit my little shot. I was in the fairway. I wasn't, that, <laughs> I wasn't long like these guys. But I say all that to say, like, he, one, can definitely can compete against them. It was like, you know, when we were out there, he definitely showed that. But I think, like, to your other point, like, he is the logo. So it's like, first, you're going to kind of start with him. Yeah. And then I think, you know, as the brand grows, there will be other people that we kind of bring on. But it's all about kind of, like, embodying the ethos of the brand. And I feel like that's what Jordan brand did. Yeah. And, you know, when we collab with partners, we just try to make sure that it's alignment. Because we don't want to come anything kind of traditional. So we just want to continue to kind of create that new wave. Yeah. Eastside fool. So you go. So you're you're a professional golfer now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So work still. I mean, head designer of Eastside, but still working on you know uh, replacing myself in the business, and then going to be doing mini tour events. You know, hopefully Q school qualifying school for the PGA Tour, mm-hmm. and uh, and just getting runs in, like he said, just mini tour events, mini tour events, and starting just to uh, get back comfortable and find time to practice. Yeah. You know, while running. This business, you know, so I think you guys are very similar. I think uh, what we've done in the world of finance, just yeah. breaking all rules and wearing for hoodies sure. and talking how we talk, is kind of what you guys are doing for golf. Yeah, and so it's a sport that like we started by saying not many African Americans are involved in. What are your plans to get youth to be in love with the game, in touch with the game, understand the game, exposure to it? What What yeah. do you got? You have that in in the, in the, the plans? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll go ahead and I'll let you go. But first off, it was always about having them, getting them interested. You know, that was always like, how are we going to get them to want to even want to play golf, mm-hmm. you know? And I felt like it was always representation. Just never seen anybody that acted normal or acted like them and then played golf, you know? Definitely Tiger Woods was the catalyst, was the first person to push the needle forward. But then to to find similarities in between a person you see playing golf, I felt like making the logo would speak to everybody without even start, without even playing golf. But you see the logo and it says, damn, like I can be myself 
It don't matter if I got a Cuban League chain on and swinging it hard as I can, the chain going this way, club going this way, I could still play golf and have a good time and be fashionable just like the logo. So first you get their attention, which we did, but then um, we started to get the attention of young professionals. So that was first because honestly in golf, uh, the younger generation, how they're going to be successful is their parents. You know, they're going to be the people that take them to the golf course, pay for the clubs, mm-hmm. pay for the lessons and all those things. So you get we got the young professionals attention and then we show the the positives and things that they can get from it. So now they're teaching their kids, you know, the positives and how to network and how to even play golf, because you can get a, a golf scholarship or just you can learn the networking tools that you need in life just from playing golf. So, um but yeah, no, nah, he's one hundred percent right. Like the dividends, it pays dividends much earlier and sooner if you go after young professionals. Like you guys are prime example, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners are prime examples. If they picked up a golf club today and really took the time and invest in it, they will see a return on that. I would say probably in twelve to eighteen months. The networking, the opportunities to travel, whether it could just be something relaxing or it could be opportunities for their business. Rather than if you have a child at 12 or 13, there's nothing wrong with it, but the return is going to be a little bit longer. It's going to be, you know, they got to wait till they get to college and things of that nature. So our whole thing kind of just reiterated his point is just like, if you grow up seeing it, it's like, oh, like your kids, I don't know if you guys have kids or not, but it's like, if you started and you coming home with the golf clubs and they seeing they like, damn, dad. He like, yeah, I'm, I got this deal on the golf course. They just start seeing it now. You can kind of talk to them about okay, how this thing really works, and then they start seeing the value in it because that's the biggest thing, and you kind of touched on it very early on. Where it was like we don't we hear about it, but we don't see it. So now you get someone that can actually, like, in your household, you seeing them actually on the golf course and what opportunities are coming about, you're like, okay, it is real. It is doable because that's the thing. You just got to make it real and tangible. So to his point, I just think, like, we are focused on the younger generation for sure, but like I feel like we naturally do that, and they want to kind of play golf. But like I would say, our immediate focus is young professionals investing in them mm-hmm. because if we do that, then they'll start having kids and training up their kids where it'll just be normal. Because it's just like I don't know, my dad just was always playing golf. I didn't know that was not anything. It's just like when you grow up in a house, you don't know. Like you grow up wherever in the projects, you just like I didn't know it was something different i didn't know this world was bad this was just my world this mm-hmm. was just my universe so it's like how do we normalize golf how do we normalize stocks assets all of those things for the next generation and they can actually see the results of it and honestly we're we're breaking the company into three branches uh one being apparel the main branch where we make all our bread uh the second branch being uh the professional uh route well I'm sorry, nonprofit route. So nonprofit money that we receive, we would put it towards uh, sponsoring black uh, professional golfers, making more professional golfers, Mm -hmm. but then also uh, making more professional black teachers as well, expanding that PGA of America uh, reach into where they'll still be rocking east side. So that's the second branch. And then the third one is teaching. So he would be a part of that one. And, um, And actually... Uh, making, like I said, more PJ professionals, but teaching them and having the opportunity to get them accredited through Eastside. That's a goal of ours. Yeah. So now we're uh, we're giving people accreditations. You know what I'm saying? And they can run an entire golf course. 
Also, we're trying to put, well, we're going to be putting money towards the younger individuals that want to play golf and, and getting them donations, the balls, the clubs, the clothes, and to where they can be out there and they can be accepted by the golf course or by the people around it. So, but all of those things, I mean, I would say that's the, that's the plan to actually influence the next generation. Mm-hmm. As well. Speaking of teaching. Mm-hmm. You had a very prestigious uh, student <laughs> uh, from your state. Yeah. Uh, you, can you elaborate on can that? I, <laughs> yeah, and I was, um, well, I guess now the president of uh, the United States uh, currently, um, Mr. Joe Biden. Uh, I had an opportunity to uh, teach him, which was kind of crazy. Like, the story was wild because I'm at Wilmington Country Club, and like I said, I was the first African-American golf pro there, and I used to caddy there, so it was like a full circle thing where, like, if you know caddies, like, you're just there, you're just carrying the clubs. It's not nothing sexy about caddying, and then to come back and get an opportunity to teach there. But uh, one day, I'm just doing my thing, you know, and at this point, I was getting a lot of recognition for my teaching at this time, and... uh so my, my man, Ron Oliver, comes in, who was close to Joe. That's like his best friend. And he says, yo, like, you ready? He's out there on the lesson tee. I'm like, huh, what? So, all right, I go out there, and sure enough, it's Joe Biden. But it's crazy because, like, I tell people, like, you're training them, but it's like an audience now. Like, you got Secret Service there. They super tight on you. Everybody's looking like, oh, that's Joe, that's Joe. And I was a cool, it was, you know, I just kind of got in my teaching mode, you know, because I love to teach, so... We were just out there just chopping it up, helping them out, you know, making better contact with the golf ball. And then, you know, just small conversation. And one of the things I just remember, I'm like, so, you know, what do you like about coming out here the most? Like, what's your highlight? And he was like, I get to drive the golf cart because everywhere I've been for like the last, you know, eight years, I get driven. I don't get to drive no more. So it's kind of out there. He gets a little bit more control. But it was it was a dope experience. You know what I mean? It was just something that he, you know, he was like, yo, keep going, keep doing your thing. And just, you know, I was able to kind of capture that moment you know, uh, with a photograph. So it was definitely one of those dope experiences to be able to, you know, teach the vice president then, but now the president of the United States. There Ma- you have it. Michael Jordan, Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's been, it's been crazy, the support for the brand. I, you know, there's so many people we need to shout out. Like, you know, like I said, Chris Paul has been unbelievable supportive. You know, uh, you know, the, we signed the CAA, um, you got Sean Pekos over there. Oh, you, um, you, you signed to them? Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. So they're they they agents? Yeah, yep. so they do yep. brand representation for us um, over there. I was there. thinking about Pekos because we did the, uh, I posted, we met uh, Dwayne, Dwayne Wade. Wade. On yeah. the golf course. Oh, okay. On the golf course. Yeah, so we work yeah, yeah, yeah. with um, his his division over there too. So Pekos works over there. Desmond is over there. Lisa is manager. So it's a whole. It's a team called CAA Amplify or CAA. Yeah, yeah CAA Amp. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, they, so that's their division. So we sit in the golf division. Um, so we got two folks over there, one by the name of Annette Parker. She's been excellent. And Sam Sternberg. So Sam and Annette is kind of like managing. What, what, what do they do for you? So they bring in brand partnerships. So basically, like, you know, we get opportunities. So we signed, um, well, yeah, we can tell them, BMW. Yeah, BMW. So we got a two-year deal with BMW Championship mm-hmm. that we did. Um, we also have a deal with, you guys are like this one, Coinbase. Yep. As well. Wow. So yep. just imagine, you know what I'm saying, that that was the whole thing, taking uh uh, financial literacy and making it cool you know so now you got a cool logo and every time you see it you think it damn like finance is cool too like maybe i want to start reading up on that or take the you know eyl university yeah so they like they help manage a lot of our deals um for us and also like kind of you know within their portfolio 
they gives us opportunity and exposure because they, you know, they're connected to so many different athletes, like for the whole seeding opportunity. So it's been great. Like CAA has been really, really to be a part of like that powerhouse and like the heads of it as well because they all play golf. Right, like so, the head of sports, the head of music, the head of this, the head of that, and CA has that reach. So yeah. it's been, it's been great. It's been, it's been good to really, you know, work with them. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. I appreciate you guys, man. I'm sure you're gonna be killing the game for years and years to come. So I'm excited to see your journey. I'll be waiting for the uh, cleats. But um, tell them how can they follow you. Uh, initiative that you have coming I, I know it'll be too late to buy the sneakers but uh yeah tell them all the information website social ha- social media handles all that mm-hmm. stuff yeah website uh eastsidegolf.com um social media handle on instagram is at eastsidegolf uh twitter is at eastsidegolf then the number six um eastsidegolf six on twitter um and you can reach out to us either at uh, customer service at eastsidegolf.com mm-hmm. or just hit us in the DMs, you know, hit us on Eastside Golf and just get in touch with us. Yeah. And then I also say, like, you know, stay tuned. We got a lot of partnerships, you know, coming up. So even if you can't get these pair of Jordans, like, listen, we got more coming next year. We got more coming. We got more clothes, <laughs> more collab. Big dog. Yeah. So it's a it's a lot coming. So I know this was kinda like one of them ones where like I feel like a lot of people will be disappointed that they didn't get the first ones. Yeah. But trust me and believe me, there's so much more. And as you guys know, like we got so much in the hopper like that we baking on. They just take a while for, you know, real stuff takes six to eight months. You yeah, know what I mean? So- Maybe sometimes even longer. But don't 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 be disappointed. Definitely check out eastsidegolf.com. We about to change the sport forever. Forever. There you have it. Big dog. Troy, housekeeper. Yeah, shout out to everybody on Patreon.com. Y'all know that's our Proud to Pay program. Obviously, Tier 5 members, you have access to EYL University, the number one place for everything business and finance related. Shout out to all the 10,000 earners. 10,000? 10,000. Shout out to all the 10, all 10,000 of you. Uh, you have uh, tremendously uh, helped the financial world, not by just taking the information, but applying it and giving it to other people around you. So shout out to all y'all. And shout out to everybody supporting the merch. Uh, obviously, yeah. UIL is more than just a podcast. We're not the typical podcast. Uh, so shout out to everybody supporting the merch and spreading the brand. We love y'all. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. Love is love. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace. My graduates from my school being Forbes. Bag drop. Bag drop. <laughs> a mic drop. Bag drop. Bag drop. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.